0: Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Chris Donaldson who is a property developer, author and motorcycle adventurer. Chris, how are you doing? How
1: are you doing? Good
0: I am fantastic. thanks so much for asking and we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great.
1: Well, I'm a, I' live in Belfast, in Northern Ireland. born and bred here. I uh, have lived in a few other parts of the world but simply always come back to home to roost. Um, I was born in the 50s and grew up in the 60s and 70s in Belfast, which wasn't the best place to be for a kid going to school in the middle of the town. It was uh, pretty infamous with bombs going off and people getting shot around the place. There was a bit of a civil war going on, uh, though to be fair, it didn't affect us that much because as kids, you don't know any better. All do, what you see is what you, all you know. It's only after you get a bit older, you realize that the rest of the world doesn't have to be like that. So... When I was about uh, 18, I decided to go to Australia, ride a motorbike to Australia. It was my my dream as such. Um, still not sure to this day why I wanted to do it in a motorbike, but I decided to do it in a motorbike. <laughs> um, I didn't get very far left in 79 and uh, got as far as London. when the American embassy was taken over by Ayatollah Khomeini in, in Tehran. Um, and it's still going on the aftermath of that's still going on but basically it stopped me going to Australia so I ended up driving to South Africa, going through the Middle East crossing the Sahara, down through Africa took a yacht race, to join the yacht race back to Europe Uh, headed over to the States, drove around the States, in the motorbike, worked there for a while and then ended, ended up in South America Um, it's a very short précis of that Um, I was when I was about 21, I started writing a book about it but uh, it was my dream to sort of write a book at that stage. But I gave up because somebody else wrote a book but did something similar, uh, a guy called Ted Simon. It was a very good book. And I thought, well, no point in me doing one now because he's already done one. In my youth, didn't re- realizing that more than you can have more than one book about a, a topic of something as different yep. as that, you know. So <laughs> I got back into normal life and joined the fam- family furniture shop and um, developed that into property and working in Dubai I've done mobile apps I've developed mobile apps I've been in fitness I've done a fairly wide range of of um, jobs across my career but about three years ago I decided to finish a book and publish it Um, it's called Going the Wrong Way because obviously I went the wrong way I ended up in Argentina and tried to go to Australia and I ended up in Argentina so a bit dyslexic or something Um. so I uh, yeah, wrote the book and it's gone very well. It's probably bestseller some months on Amazon. Uh, and one of my mates said, well, you never got to Australia, why not have another go? So a year and a half ago, just after COVID, we, we left um, and decided to ride in stages two weeks at a time and then park the bikes up and come home because I'm sort of still got a young family and I work, work uh, responsibilities. So I finally got to Australia, um, Last month, in fact, uh, on the same motorbike, same motorcycle, I had the same kept a bike that I had in the 70s. So it's now 45 years old. Yeah. I'm 64. So we, we had a combined age of 109. Mm. So we're fairly. Uh, so we finally got to Australia 43 years after I left Belfast to get the ride there.
0: Wow. That same motorbike, huh?
1: Same motorbike, yeah. So it was a bit of a. I wanted to, Thought um, well, it was only right to do it in the same bike with the left on because I wanted to challenge myself and the best way to challenge myself in the same, the nearest similarity would be using the same bike, same bike, same guy, just all a little bit older.
0: Have you been keeping up with that bike, like maintaining it, or did you just pull it out the shed after 30 years?
1: <laughs> well, I did take it apart and put it back together again a few times in that period. Um. So yeah, but it's the same engine. The engine's never been touched. Funny enough, it's still solid. But there's lots of bits that have been replaced and fixed and repaired. It's I got still, you. It's uh, it goes, it's an Italian bike. Um, not what you would normally recommend to go ride around the world on. In fact, the guys told me thirty, forty years ago that it was the wrong bike to take. But it's still going forty years later, so I guess I was right.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And your book was. Going the wrong way or gone the wrong way?
1: Going the wrong way, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to write a book about other problems that have in life with uh, professional work. Um, About 12 years ago, my business was taken over by the the banks just after the property crash. Mm. That's what happened to a lot of people in the States and Europe. Um, The banks decided they wanted to, to, to refinance and they basically stole everybody's businesses if they could get away with it yep um i s- couldn't afford to get lawyers involved so i self-litigated against them and eventually got my properties back again five years ago so really the the essence of what i was going to write a book about that first of all um but I thought that's going to be a hard book to write because it's very specialized and not very many people would be interested in it, possibly. Yeah. So, I thought i write a right, I'll finish the bike about riding around the world first of all. Um, to break my, break my teeth in the, the riding world. Uh, I was never uh, very ter- very uh, academic at school, I never passed any exams very well, passive script through everything. And my English teachers would be shocked to find out I've written a bu- written a book at the end of it uh, end of the day. So there's a moral to that story is if if I can write a book, anybody can write a book.
0: Yeah, you know? I got you. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: Well, basically, um one of the things I learned when it was if you're if you're in a motorbike on your own, in third world countries you basically really are on your own one of the reasons I wanted to go away was um, when when you're growing up at school, at home in school you've always got your parents, your teachers, your friends, family telling you what to do, having an influence on on your life and you never know really whether you're doing something because they want you to do it or because you want to do it yourself. So uh, I wanted to go away on my own and myself test test myself I suppose to see who i was myself but one of the things i learned was to um to motivate motivate myself and to um be determined that if you want to get something you have to do it yourself you can't rely on anybody else to do it for you uh a lot of people these days expect somebody to come in after them and hold their hand and help them through any problems that they have whereas if you're crossing a border, crossing a desert, or something, and you're on your own, you can, there's nobody else to help you. You just got to do it yourself. So, one of the things I learned from traveling is, I suppose, to, how to motivate myself and, um, even when things get tough, to to get out, of, to get out and at it and fight your corner.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. So it was really like all that time you spent alone on the motorbike going across the the world basically you learn that you're going to have to motivate yourself because we are pretty isolated in the world when it comes down to it we got to take responsibility for our own life is that right
1: i think so yeah i think uh i think the modern world the western world is very much hand-holding in europe in a way that's a it's a cradle to grave health service you know if you lose your job you get money if you get sick you get looked after um If you you know there's also rules and regulations to stop you hurting yourself or to stop anybody else doing anything bad. Um but at the end of the day you are you're on your own, you need to look after yourself. Nobody else is gonna do it for you. Yeah.
0: I gotcha. And so what do you do now? Is it just like a discipline thing? Like you just get up and you tell yourself what you're gonna do and you do it, or are there some tricks that you do to yourself to get up and get motivated?
1: I wish it was as easy as that. Um, I suffer from lack of motivation the same as everybody else. You get up in the morning, you couldn't be bothered doing anything. You want to watch TV, you want to get on (laughs) Facebook and see what TikTok's doing. You know, it's it's difficult for me as it is for anybody, but I suppose having the knowledge that I've been able to do things on my own um, and drive myself to do it, I think a lot of people, if they don't have that confidence that they sort of think, well, if I, maybe if I do push myself, I'll, I'll only just annoy myself because I still won't be able to succeed with what I'm trying to do. So I suppose the difference is I've, I've hopefully got that confidence. that I, would, I know if I do, I'm writing another book at the minute, and I know if, if I do a good job of it, if I do complete it and finish it well, it will be a success, whereas there's always that self-doubt in a lot of people, I think.
0: I got you. Yeah. And you built that up just by kind of putting yourself in those positions and coming out on the other end. Is that right?
1: I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty stubborn bugger, I suppose, as well, probably helps a bit. Um, I don't like giving up. And whether that's a characteristic that you're born with or you you learn as you get older, I don't know.
0: I got you. I got you. Well, awesome, man. Tell us about your dreams and goals. What's your vision for the book, your life, your business?
1: Well, they're always changing dreams and goals, aren't they? Um, I, since I've done a number of jobs from fitness to IT to retail to property, um, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades and a master of none, I guess, compared to a lot of people who stick to one thing right through their lives. But um, you know the um, from riding it doing the trip forty years ago, writing a book about it recently, um, my next goal and dream is to, to finish the next book, which is the one that I really wanted to write because it's the one that I feel is going um, to sort of bring to light some of the corruption and the hypocrisy that goes on in the Western world from governments down to banks, down to financial institutions, how we're messed about by the the guys up in the top. It's probably a bigger picture to tell, so I'd like to be able to tell that in the proper in a professional manner that people are going to read, rather than, um, other than institutions. I think they they rely on their opponents being, um, split up. To keep part, You know, amateur amateurish and not being able to focus properly. Yeah. You know, and and give them proper opposition, to, um, divide and conquer, whatever way you want to put it. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to be able to tell the story the way it, it should be told.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. So the next book is all about corruption in the West and kind of shining a light on that.
1: Yeah, and also they tying um, it in with my latest trip from, as I say, from, um, from Belfast to Brisbane in Australia last year. Um, it's not quite as exciting. I've, I've learned a lot in, this, in the last 40 years, so I didn't make quite as many mistakes as I made when I was 21. Yeah. But there's still a bit of a story there, you know?
0: I got you. I got you. Okay. So we got finished the next book. And then did you say you're going to write another book about the trip? Or is that also going to be in this next book?
1: That'll be old tying. I'll try and tie them together to, uh, because the journey is a journey of, a journey is a life. It's like a journey has a life of its own. You're starting to finish. And the duration of the journey is what happens during your life. Um, one thing I found about traveling is um is there's two ways of travel, two forms of travel. One form of traveling is when you want to go somewhere. If you're going somewhere on holiday or going to work or going to see somebody, you you leave and your destination is your final goal. Um but the other form of traveling is whenever you're really just there for the journey. Yeah. So you're traveling for what's happening on the day but you know, longer journey, you're traveling day by day and you you're, it's for the experience of the journey rather than destination and by the time you get the destination it's actually a bit of a disappointment because that's the end of the journey you know it's the end of the fun sure so i want to tie that in with the with the story there we go more complicated i love it still still working on
0: it (laughs) (laughs) so what are some other dreams and goals that you have is that kind of the main one you got going or are there some others you want to mention
1: well i'm 64 now maybe 65 so we really should be looking at retiring taking more time off So we um, we should be trying to get financially stabilised to to be able to do that to have some time off to enjoy. uh, What is it called? The third stage. I was reading that the first stage is when you're, you're about twenty when you're learning what's going on. The second stage of life is whenever you're in your, twenties to forties or sixties, you're bringing up your family and Mm -hmm. trying to make some money. And apparently when you're 60 plus, you should be the happiest stage because you should have lots of money and, and no responsibilities. Yeah. Um, I don't know anybody that's actually secured, succeeded in that stage yet, but it's always a dream to have that, to be able to have the time to time to spend doing what you want to do, having the money to be able to afford it and the the, the fitness as opposed to be able to do to, to accomplish it as well.
0: Yeah, all three of those are really hard. It's like time... Yeah fitness and the money uh, yeah. a lot of people can get a couple of them but to have all of them
1: two of three ain't bad thats not good enough really mm-hmm. you need to have all three well you don't really i mean you don't need money to have a good time you don't need you do need time you do need fitness
0: yeah yeah no for sure okay so retiring and taking more time off if you were going to be able to fully retire how much uh how much money would you need would it be a lump sum or would it be a monthly cash flow
1: I was hoping you'd be able to tell me that <laughs> <laughs> who knows well, the um I suppose the dream is to have a monthly cash flow of uh, reoccurring money and reoccurring payments that you don't have to work for, you know, yeah, um maybe I'll sell and make it so write a best seller and be able to do that, but yeah, it hasn't happened quite yet. Well, the property is generally it used to be in a way a good uh, source of reoccurring interest or uh, reoccurring in- income. If you can get a good property that you can rent it out and, yeah. and get a pension from it that way. Um,
0: I was going to say um, the property developers here in the U S are some of the wealthiest business people around.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we've had a pretty good 10 years haven't they, in the last while since uh, the crash property prices have shot up, you know, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, I did put money into pensions throughout my life and the, you get to this stage in the game, you look at some of the pensions you've been sold and you realize you were conned and you were pension guy, the pension seller, made, made all the money. All you did was pay for his pension, you know?
0: I am so glad you said that because I there are so many people who are like still 20, 25, 30 and really relying on that, those kind of retirement funds. Yeah. And I'm just like, you need to make a different plan or you're going to yeah, get screwed. No, they're,
1: they're generally a con. I mean, everybody looks after themselves, and those pension guys are looking after themselves. They're not really looking after you at all. Yeah. 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 I think you're better buying a, a property that you can invest in and uh, pay it off over the years. And rely on that is much safer. You're, you're in charge of your own destiny then rather than paying somebody to invest money in some fictitious plan which is uh, paying them 10% you 2% you know yep. yep you're a bit younger than me you don't need to worry about those things you said
0: oh no I, I am uh, I I am younger but my parents aren't well equipped for retirement and <laughs> I would like to both have the freedom in my life to enjoy time with them and have them enjoy their retirement with me so yeah I'm on like a 10 to 15 year timeline of like, that's when I would like to be pretty solid, which means taking on an inordinate amount of risk is basically what it means.
1: Well, risk can, um, risk can be fun as well.
0: It
1: is. <laughs> if, it goes, if it goes the right way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, adrenaline's the best drug there is it there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yo, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Well, we got finish the next book and retire and take some more time off. And ideally from a monthly cash flow number, um, any other dreams or goals that you want to talk well,
1: about? Well, along that line, I mean, I've, sometimes I got to Australia last year or this year, and uh, I loved it. It was it was everything I sort of wanted it to be. It was a nice, beautiful country, friendly people. And it got me thinking if I'd left um, Belfast two or three weeks earlier in 79, I would have got past around before the uh, – the revolution kicked off and I have got there when I was 21, got a job. And it's, it's interesting just to think how my life would have changed if that had happened. I would yeah. have ended up living on the other side of the world, uh, hopefully being successful, having a family there. But it's it's interesting just to think back how it's a little thing that you did, like being late leaving, I should have left in September and left in October uh, because I didn't have enough money. Uh, if I hadn't gone out drinking so much and saved a bit more money, I would have got through in time and who knows what would have happened. You know, it's, it's interesting looking back in your life and seeing the huge um, effect of some, something that something that's seemingly consequential will make in your life later on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to spend more time somewhere like Australia and maybe like another career out there if I can do something on a part-time basis.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Uh, Obviously travel is part of my world and uh, did a bit more a little bit more uh, with a bit more comfort than I did when I was 21.
0: Yeah, I got you. There we go. So retiring, taking more time off, spending more time in Australia and finishing that book. Sound good?
1: Sounds good. That's that's the plan. I better write it down. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I got it for you right here. I wrote it down, so all good. What, I've,
1: told you, I've told you on air, now, now I have to do it.
0: Pretty much, pretty much. Just curious, Chris, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true?
1: Probably discipline myself. I need to discipline myself more since I've um, got back. I'm not working nine to five. I'm working when I want to work, which is usually eight hours a day but um like everybody has to say you could easily to be just distracted with the internet age there's so many distractions uh in front of you you know it used to be you if you're trying to study or do something you maybe have a book or something Maybe the newspaper catches your eye whatever it is tv but now it's just everything's in front of you everything's on the computer yeah uh with whatever you want to know is so many so many distractions and so I need to discipline myself. Uh I guess and and part of that is motivating myself to do it. So set goals and set um uh, set myself goals to want to achieve every week, break it down. I think if you um if you say to yourself I want to write a book, it's practically impossible to do it because it's such a huge undertaking. Um you don't realize it really until you start how big an undertaking it is. You, you don't write a book, you rewrite it, you rewrite it, you rewrite it, you keep going over it and over it and over it, trying to get it right. Yeah. Um. So I need to break it down into smaller pieces and pieces that I can handle every day rather than saying I'm writing a book. It's say like I'm going to write a page a day or a couple of pages a day, to something that I, that I can cope with in my, in my tiny little brain that I, can, I think I can comprehend and do today um so what's the plan to get organized
0: i gotcha so setting some more goals and disciplining yourself yeah okay okay well chris what are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams goals so we know the goals you need to set we know you need to discipline yourself but what do those goals look like on a daily basis what actions are you doing
1: um I think the way I think to do is remove yourself from the um, distractions, which is turn your Wi-Fi off, basically, mm-hmm. and put yourself in a position that you're not that these distractions aren't um, too handy. That you have to make more of a, a, a more of a more of a direct movement to actually be distracted. Um, I mean, if Facebook and these uh, social medias have been pretty much accepted now that they've been designed to, to um, make you an addict of them. You know, They're designed to give you everything you want. Um, there's a lot of psychology has gone into the layouts and what they provide. Um, so they are addictive. You know, same as alcohol or anything else. Yeah. I think it's very dangerous. Um, especially for children because children are totally unaware of what they're being sold to. They're being Directed at what the information that they're getting has been been sourced by somebody to to give to them um, to, put, to for whatever reason. So it's um, I think it's a matter of trying, to, as I say, discipline myself.
0: Yeah, I got you. So daily actions really looks like practical discipline. Which is turning off that Wi-Fi, removing those distractions from your environment. Yeah,
1: yeah I think so. Simple enough, you know. It's just, it's the same as any addiction. You remove, remove the the source, remove the, the bottle or whatever it is and yeah. you're, it's a start, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make these dreams and goals come true?
1: Um I think I have a character trait already. As I say, I'm a bit of a stubborn burger. I just need to bring out the four a bit more.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> just stick out it.
0: Okay. okay. Bring out the stubbornness a bit more. And if there were one or two people that you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you?
1: Well, the person's probably I'd really want to meet is myself, 20 or 30 years ago uh to sort of tell me where i've gone wrong and put me in the right direction uh, some mistakes i made but it was that's not possible um i don't really know i don't really have a um, I look at that question i don't really have a, a sort of a figure that I, I totally love to be you know i mean you could Business people out in Mos- Elon Musk and these guys, and you, you yeah. sort of think, Would you aspire to be that guy? And really, I wouldn't aspire to be him at all, you know. these a, a lot of the other successful people that you see on the face of it, they're brilliant at whatever they do, but you start digging behind him a wee bit and think, no, Well, actually, I don't really like that guy, you know, I wouldn't really like to be him at all, you know. Yeah, so, um, everybody has their, their foibles.
0: I got you. I guess, so, you know. So primarily just you 20 to 30 years ago, pointing me in the right yeah. direction.
1: Yeah. Can you organize that?
0: Nah, I cannot. One day <laughs> maybe, one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you turn water into wine first.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cool man. Now we're going to jump into our thriving 3, and the first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Probably the Blues Brothers movie.
0: Mm. I've never seen it.
1: Yeah, well, it's something to look forward to. Um, It's got good music in it. It's got humor in it. Um, and it just shows that there's a central story that if you try hard enough and you're determined to what you want, you'll get it. You know, they do guys that get what they wanted in the end because may have them along the way, but it's a, it's a great movie.
0: Yeah. I got you. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? What's that? What is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: Uh, I suppose it has to be at this stage of my game it has to be from a fitness point of view I like to uh, get to the gym go go swimming I've always been a reasonable swimmer and it's, uh, as you get older you go running You wrecks your knees and your hips so if you go Cycling, you get knocked off and you don't bounce as well as you used to when you were 15 when you hit the, hit the tarmac, you know? Yeah. The swimming's a good uh, a good sport for a gentleman, gentleman of a certain age. Yeah. They always drown, I guess, but I, don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, not if you can stand in the water.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can swim okay, so yeah. Yeah. But uh, then, um, I'm Irish, so I like to have a couple of pints at the end of the week, and it's... Medicinally uh, good for you too because it's a good way to wind down with your mates.
0: You said a couple of pints on the weekends? Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Thanks
1: again. Talk talk over the week with your friends and make a few plans for next week and have a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good way, to wind, good way to wind down.
0: What is one action? Oh, this question is actually irrelevant to you. Usually I ask, what can you do to meet the person you want to meet? But I can't think of anything you could (laughs) do to be yourself from 20 to 30 years ago. Maybe journal and get into your... But you can't even discover some thoughts you had back then, but you're not going to...
1: Well, the nearest I got to it actually was writing the book because um, whenever I finished the journey in 81, I'd written a lot of notes and a lot of uh, diaries and journal entries and uh, part of a manuscript, in fact. So it was interesting when it was sixty what, sixty sixty-two, uh, reading my diaries from when I was twenty two mm. uh, and seeing what I thought then and what was motivated me, what it was what my dreams were. So it was it was interesting to circle back into my my head to a certain extent at that stage. And then write, write the book as a twenty one year old rather than as a a sixty two year old, you know. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a challenge. I'm pretty childish generally, so it wasn't that much of a challenge. Really. I still thinking about thirty, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Biggest shock in the morning is walking past the mirror. <laughs> you know who the old guy is?
0: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I got you. I got you. Well, cool. Now we got our final series of questions, and I think you'll. These can get a bit personal, so if you want to pass, you can say I pass, and that'll be cool. I, okay. I think you'll be fine though. What is one limiting belief? that continues to pop up in your life, if any?
1: I suppose the lack of confidence probably is, um, having myself, um, from an early age, Um pops up the odd time, not as much as you used to, but as you, as you get older and wiser, you get more, um, confident in what your abilities, I guess, but probably lack of confidence generally. I got you. That thing would come up,
0: and does it come from anywhere in particular, or is it just something that you have?
1: Well, who knows whether it's you know your upbringing. You, it's come from a family of four, I was number three. Whether you were left out of things, or whether you were younger at school, or you were, as I say, I wasn't a great achiever at school. It was it was very academic, so it was maybe do probably ended my confidence there as well. Yeah. So who knows? You know, it's one of those things. You you got it. You you either got it or you haven't.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And do you have any limiting actions that reinforce this limiting belief?
1: I don't think so anymore. I think I've probably forced myself to to do things that I've felt uh, awkward about, and. Over overridden my in my interference by driving myself over the the obstacles in front of me yeah um, so even though you're you're not confident about it you're uh, you pretend you are
0: mm.
1: uh, I think it's probably a lot of people do that too you know a lot of I say a lot of people that are very confident people that look very confident are very actually very shy and a lot of people that come across very shy are actually very confident but confidence is something that people can pretend and you know you do hear people saying "Meet some, somebody somebody's very it's, they come across as very overconfident but actually when you could talk to them with they actually admit that they're actually very shy you know
0: yeah yeah we we often uh compensate like I, it's just human nature mm-hmm. compensate it's like who we really are we throw up a front of basically yeah. the exact opposite
1: I mean, whenever I was in Dubai, I was uh, developing apps, mobile apps. When I started, I knew nothing about them at all. I'd be going into meetings, and the guy would ask me, can you do this, can you do that? And I would say, yeah, I can do that, I can do that, and write down what it was. I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. But the guy thought I was very confident, I knew what I was doing. But as I said, I had no idea what it was until I looked it up online. And said, well, I don't know if I can do that or not. We'll have to talk to somebody there's no point in me saying I couldn't do that because if I said that I couldn't do it, I wouldn't have got the job.
0: Yeah.
1: At least by getting the job, I could then find out if I can do it or not. Seems like the wrong way to do it, but actually, it was the way the thing worked, you know? That's
0: how a lot of entrepreneurs do this stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, cool. If you were to change the limiting belief of not enough confidence into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be?
1: Uh, just get off your ass and do it, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't think about it, do it. <laughs> you. Something there we the, go. More you, the more you think about things, the more you worry about them, the more you break them down and they, you, all you're doing is giving yourself excuses not to do it. You know, Absolutely. you start overthinking something. You never, you don't think, well, I should do it for this positive reason or that positive reason. Your mind usually works, well, I shouldn't do it because it might hurt myself, or because I might lose my money, or because I might fall off, or look stupid, or whatever. You always think of the bad things. So, just get off your ass and do it. There we go. But don't well. come to me and don't come back to me and complain if you follow the wreck yourself. <laughs> there's no yeah. guarantee. That
0: that's the beautiful thing about doing it though. It's like when you when you wreck yourself, there's something else that's clear that you need to do. And then you just yeah. need to get up and go do that. Like if you continue right. the process of doing, the results tend to end up well. And by well, I mean, unless it kills you, you're still living. And exactly. so you have an opportunity yeah. to bounce back. Yeah. And so keep on learn,
1: learn from your mistakes and do it again, you know.
0: Mhm. Exactly. And so much of entrepreneurship, I mean, money is basically fake anyway, like 97% of money is debt. And so yeah. it's like, if 97% of everything, you're like getting in in the form of a loan from a bank or a personal loan or whatever it may be, you just got to go find the right relationships to get well funded for whatever idea you're going to go forward with. Even after bankruptcy, if you got a get enough personal relationship. You can launch another business. <laughs> yeah. Not not a not highly recommended advice per se, but it's
1: we, possible. We always say the the British say if you've gone bankrupt, you're you're a failure. But the Americans say if you have if you haven't gone bankrupt, you haven't tried hard enough. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yep that that is the that is the American vibe there for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so funny. Just right. Well, cool, Chris. We got one last question for you. You ready? Yep, hit me. What is your favourite belief about yourself?
1: Um, I suppose I believe that I can do most things if I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't say I can do anything if I put my mind to it because lots of things I fail to do, but uh, I do have a... uh. Ability to get up and get out of it again. As I said, we're talking about before we're going to fall off. We do have an ability to get it back on the horse and, and do it again, and do, it again and do it again, and do it again until we get there. There we are. Um, which I think should be in good stead in the past and hopefully will in the future.
0: Yeah. I got you. Well, Chris, that's all we got for you, man. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: That wasn't too bad. Thanks very much.
0: Nice yeah, of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to sell my book. If anybody wants to buy a book about riding around the world in a motorbike and a coming of age story, it's called Going the Wrong Way. It's available on Amazon, and give myself a good. It's, uh, it's also available on my website, but Amazon's probably the best place because it's on Facebook. Or sorry, it's an ebook, audiobook, and paperback. Yeah, and it's got thousand reviews, thousand five star reviews so far. So it's pretty cool, pretty well. It's a good fun book.
0: There we go. Well, if you loved Chris, if you loved his vibe, loved what he had to say, make Make sure to check him out. Buy the book. Give him a review. Buy a copy for a friend and send it to him. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.